Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Just Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. Estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. It's very clear our economy is still in trouble. Now your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Starts are doing everything possible to get the COVID-19 under control so that we can reopen our businesses safely, resume our lives, put this pandemic behind us. Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 Studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about time about. for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. I'm Jason Grody, and I'm with Dan Podesto today. Hi, Dan. Hey there, Jay. Great to be with you. Another socially distanced uh, podcast episode of Mortgage Matters. Yeah, hopefully these are some of the last of these socially distanced episodes where uh, I got my first COVID vaccine shot Uh this i think it was yeah it was this week earlier this week um so uh maybe maybe in a short while here we can start doing doing the show the old-fashioned way how are you feeling oh feeling good it was just shot number one got the moderna flavor and um made my arm sore for about 24 hours but it feels fine today what kind of sore like you got punched or like it was like shot by a gun um, I would say like maybe I like turned real fast and ran into a wall. Not quite as hard as like I would expect it would hurt from being punched. Hmm. Definitely not shot in the arm with a gun. But like Definitely if you reached that. for something or rolled over on it in the night, it wasn't that bad. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't super comfortable to sleep on my side on that particular side. And it were really, um, where I really felt it was like raising my arm over my head. Yeah. So that was it. But it was just, you know, 24 hours, not too bad. Um, I mean, not hearing great stories about shot number two. So I'm not really looking forward to that one. But Oh, you heard. You know, is that one worse? Yeah. Shot number two is supposed to put you down pretty good, like with severe flu like symptoms for uh, a day or two. You get it on a Friday. <laughs> yeah yeah well so my wife and i got shot number one on the same day and then they're supposed to you know schedule you 30 days out for the, the second one so we decided it's probably best if we don't do them on the same day that way so that we don't just have color. like yeah we don't have like lord of the flies situation with the kids at home yeah. for a couple days <laughs> yeah you'll come out to be like covered in chocolate sauce like sticking <laughs> fruit loops to their faces exactly (laughs) (laughs) well good yeah i was um yesterday i was reading a lot about the vaccines and how many people have received the vaccines and um you know just man i'm just looking forward to getting normal if this is what it takes i'll take it yeah that was kind of my attitude I, i must admit i had a lot of anxiety i felt myself very anxious waiting in line to get it yeah i don't know like if I was nervous about it or if I was excited about it, but, um, I mean, anyways, a, I just, yeah, felt anxiety. 
I would expect most people to feel some anxiety. I mean, you're getting some RNA shot into you. That's, you know, I mean, I, I just think that the scientists that are behind this have a pretty good idea of what they're doing. And I do too. And I feel like it's for the betterment of, you know, society as a whole. So I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. And if not, you know, I mean, I maybe get the thing and it doesn't work fine. You gave it a shot. Maybe get the thing and it does work. That's really good news. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the economy, uh, in terms of like the, the, uh, stock market and employment numbers and things like this sure feel like, uh, just getting open and back to business is what they believe is on the, on the plate here for the future. So that's feeling pretty good. I, um, as we're recording the show right now, it's, it's only Friday, so we don't have the benefit of all of the news on Friday. Um, but as of right now, the, uh, the Dow is at 34,200, which is Im- impossibly high. I see, I see green across the board on the, on the indices and, um, yeah, it's a it's about a month's worth worth of gains at this point. A solid month worth of growth across the board, and all of it seemed to be on optimism of uh, reopening and turning normal, and you know, getting some bank profit and some. We've heard some China profit numbers, and you know, just looks like we're heading just smack dab towards normal. Yeah, I've been, you know, obviously I see my 401k statement and I've just been amazed at at what it's done. You know, not, I mean, part, I've been amazed at what it's done throughout this pandemic, you know, the roller coaster ride down and up, but really just in the last couple of months, how, how much it's gone up as really just, I mean, vaccine distribution has started and and that, but still believing that there's a fairly long economic recovery still ahead of us. I've I've just been flabbergasted at how the the stock market has um, just bounced so high. I've I've seen my 401k just shooting up. It's, I mean, it's awesome, but it's um, just kind of unbelievable at the same time. Yeah. There, there has been a fair amount of encouraging data. Um, you know, I, I did read, see those jobless claim numbers. I mean, that's one that that I feel like is one to really watch for economic recovery is getting people back to work. And the jobless claim numbers were down pretty significantly this week. Yeah, this week it was back. I don't know. Yeah, five seventy six this week. Five hundred seventy six thousand first time claims this week. Last week was seven sixty nine. Um, yeah, I mean that's still five seventy seven. It's still a big number compared to, you know, healthy economy pre-pandemic. We were, you know, in the 200,000 range for for a long time. Um, so 577,000, still a lot, but it's down. I mean, we had been in that seven to 800,000 per week range for quite a while. And then obviously when the pandemic first started, it was much, much higher than that. Yeah. Yeah, I was... There's 3.7 million continuing claims, and then um, basically, I saw this. I didn't completely understand this, but they said somewhere in the about one 18.2 million people were receiving some form of unemployment insurance in the most recent report um, nationally. 
Um, so there's a lot of people that, that need to get back to work. That's for sure. Um, and that's going to take time. That is not something that's going to happen fast. And, you know, the other thing, um, you know, like we, we've talked jobs reports and, you know, this conversation happens around when we start talking minimum wage and things like automation where, you know, automation potentially eliminates jobs, at least entry level jobs. Right. Um, sure. And I wonder how many jobs have been sort of creatively covered or transitioned into something that maybe even positions were eliminated too, as a result of um, people changing their business model, right? Like going more online or doing curbside only has got to reduce the staff. At least you don't need a table wiper and a busser and to be emptying trash cans. And I can't even imagine what else is avoided by having just curbside pickup of your services or goods or you know, whether it's clothing, clothing or food or what have you. Um, so I just, I wonder how many of those jobs too might be permanently um, gone on account of, you know, people are doing business different now than before. For sure. That, that's exactly where my head was going too. Um, you know, I, I do think the service jobs, like with respect to restaurants and, and vacations and, and things that, that people want to do and enjoy, um, for recreation and, and just personal enjoyment. I do think those jobs are coming back. I don't think we're going to see restaurants doing curbside delivery forever. I think we're going to get back to in, indoor dining like normal before too long. But, you know, I think about like the businesses where, where they would send people to go travel to another business. Um, and, and Zoom has kind of made us realize and video conferencing in general, you know, not just Zoom, obviously, but video conferencing has allowed us to realize that we don't necessarily need to to send people for business purposes all around the country. So there could be some travel-related jobs eliminated as a result of those efficiencies, let's call them. Um, but then at the same time, I see as, you know, there's some of these companies that really boomed during the pandemic as you know, like, like a zoom for instance, or, or some of those other companies as the pandemic starts to, you know, salt get solved. And, and that will, some of those companies that boomed, will they start to lay off some of their people that, that they hired during the, that time period? Yeah. I, I just think it's going to be messy. I think, yeah, on the one hand, there are going to be some jobs that were eliminated um, just because automation or efficiency, we, you know, we figured out how to do without them during the pandemic. And then some of the companies that boomed, we'll see them maybe laying off a little bit as well. I was, um, I was thinking about that. Some of these hotels that are around that I think that feels like their primary occupancy is like business travelers and wondering what normal will look like for them going forward. I mean, most of mm -hmm. us haven't traveled in over a year. Um, so I'm sure that just in the, that the, uh, you know, tourism type of stays are probably really well down too. Um, there was a pretty f interesting article this um, just a couple days ago here on um, the wall street journal about where did all the rental cars go? And yeah, so Hertz, Avis, Enterprise, and then some of the smallers, they sold their rental car fleets 
Um, when no one was using them, they took the opportunity to just offload them into a market where used car values were um, pretty decent and they sold basically all their cars. So I was talking to a friend a few weeks ago who went out to Arizona for some regional event and could not obtain a rental car um, anywhere around there, just impossible. And um, so that's kind of an interesting thing. And now as we, people are getting vaccinated, you know, it seems like the more people I talk to is like they've been vaccinated and the next words out of their mouth are about the, the trip they booked that they're really excited to go on. Oh, for sure. I feel like there's going to be a travel boom yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, it's starting now and it's only building. Yeah. People are going to make up for that lost year and, and do twice as much traveling. Well, and given this story, it sounds like you should plan your travel to a place where you can be happy on foot. Uh, <laughs> right. Chances of you getting a rental car, are not very good. And I guess the good news is that Uber now and Lyft and those guys are so widespread. You can get Uber almost any corner of the world now. So, um, at least you won't have to walk everywhere. <laughs> Pretty wild. Yeah, I wonder I wonder what it's going to look like going forward if we should we should be buying some stock in in the travel things cuz I think everybody's going to want to go traveling soon. I know that I want to. I you know, I once everyone's all vaccinated and we're all ready to rock, I want to change the scenery. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been such a stressful year. I think vacation is is one of the key uh, elements of, of just unwinding and, and getting back to a level head, you know, cause work just has a way of, of winding you up and, and you need that release sometimes. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Sounds fun to daydream about traveling right now. I've, sure does. <laughs> sure yeah. does. I'm looking forward to it. I've got, I've got nothing imminently planned right now, but I'll tell you too, gas prices are going up again. So driving, driving in the car, I don't know it's the summer blend or what, but we're up in my neck of the woods. We're already seeing gas for well over four bucks a gallon. Really? I just, I, you know, I drive by the, 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 gas station like circle thing there and at Morro Bay Boulevard as I come to work yeah on a daily basis and gas was right around four bucks and then all I, I went out of town for a week for spring break and then I came back and it was like 350. You guys have the cheapest gas in the county right there. I don't know why. It doesn't make <laughs> sense to me. Because it's you, for all the it's for all the boaters. Maybe everybody wants to gas maybe, up. Maybe yeah, gas up there <laughs> instead of somewhere else, which might be smart by them because boats might hold hundreds of gallons in some cases. Sure. Or you can blow it and need gas at that Chevron up at the um at the forty one <laughs> there. That's like they think they're in ragged point with their gas prices. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh man. Oh, all right. Well. um, I want to go ahead and do the the first commercial break here of the show. There's a lot to talk about. We got some um, some inflation numbers, some bank earnings stuff. Um, there's retail sales, and then um, big news on the front of housing starts and building permits. So there, there's a lot for us to pack into this hour, and we'll get through it. But we're going to go ahead and start here with a commercial break, and then we'll be back in a few minutes here with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending in just seconds. 
Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805-772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 low and the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. This is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. In these times of economic turmoil, it's hard to know where to turn for financial security. At Blakesley and Blakesley, they've been providing solid financial advice for over 30 years. If you'd like a second opinion on your investments or just a financial tune-up, turn to a proven name you know you can trust. Blakesley and Blakesley. For the service you deserve and the advice you trust, come to Blakesley and Blakesley with offices in San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, and Paso Robles. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 low and the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Now, back to the show. I was wondering, um, I, Dan. I know that you didn't get a um, you didn't get a stimulus check. I didn't get a stimulus. Do you know check, anybody no. that did? I do. Yeah, I talked to some people that got um, like st- 
stimulus like visa debit cards yeah yeah i've definitely i've seen that i think it's interesting <laughs> if you got In like fact, a- i think that's yeah that's been a pretty common way to get it i think there's some people getting like direct deposit or whatever but yeah according to the irs think- they said they did um checks or maybe deposits for people where they had um bank account information for but if they didn't have bank account information, then they would just send you the debit card, you know, with your stimulus loaded onto it. It made me think about how, like, you know, sometimes you buy something from a store, and maybe it's because you're outside of like the normal cash back return window. But say you buy something, and then something, you know, maybe it's defective or something a month later, and so you go back and they give you a store credit. And it's like, well, now you're captive. So you're, you know, if you're not willing to buy the same thing again, you know, then what, what else do you need in the store? So now do you go take a new lap going, oh man, what am I going to spend this on before, before I lose it or something happens and I no longer have it. Um, And so I just think about these stimulus debit cards and wondering, um, how much of that's going on? Like, you're just like, oh, cool, now I'm on a free roll, but it's not really money that you can put in your bank or pay your rent with or whatever. It's like convenient to get a tank of gas or go out to eat or maybe go shopping on Amazon or something. Well, and that's really the the point of it all, right, is to stimulate the economy, not stimulate your bank account. I, to, uh, I don't know. Get some spending I, going. I guess whenever I heard about these, like, stimulus checks, I thought they were, like, to help you. Like, you're, you're missing income and you need some money and, like, you got bills that you need to pay. But it turns out, you know, and I'm, I'm, you probably already realized this, but I'm drawing you towards this retail sales report that just came out. Um, right. Go I look, see that. look up the headlines. It's pretty awesome. Um, I saw one, one said, um, you know, retail sales to the moon. Another one says they soared and toppled expectations and outperformed, you know, anything in 15 years or whatever, you know, And um, so it's all great descriptions of what it was. And uh, but yeah, so March retail sales soared 9.8%. And they say that it's people that are stepping out to eat again, shop again, um, just getting out to spend some money. And uh, it's all thanks to the stimulus check. It's working. It's working. It's getting, I mean, and, and I think, you know, the things that they're spending on, like you're saying, restaurants and, and the retail stuff, those are the things that were so hard hit. So yeah. to get to get money flowing back to those businesses, especially, you know, I think about like our our communities here in San Luis Obispo County. I think about, you know, a little downtown of Morro Bay or your your downtown Atascadero or, you know, all the cities. There's all these family owned businesses and stuff. So to be able to go out and spend money in those establishments is means a lot to those businesses and really helps keep our communities functioning and vibrant and, um, and, and just working the way they're supposed to. I saw this AP news article, um, where they interviewed a gal from Washington about, you know, this is the third stimulus check now. And she said, Oh, with the first two checks, I had to catch up on rent and bill payments. And then with the third one, she spent 500 bucks on Levi's, 
um, mm-hmm. and different clothing. Um, and then another 500 bucks went into restocking the pantry with non-perishables that she knew she would need, including Clorox wipes. And then um, the funny quote, though, that they put in there is, uh, I finally caught up on my bills and I could go on a bit of a spending spree. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I guess it's serving its purpose then. Um, it, it it just seems better to me. It's like, well, if you caught up on all your bills, then maybe you'd be stoked to just have a little money in savings for like, you know, the next uncertain time where having some cash would be a pretty big deal. But um, no, it looks like as Americans, we dumped it into cars, eating out, some home renovations, and then... Um, sporting goods stores was the biggest jump that probably has something to do with the um the season here you know this is a this is a great time of year to be out go do your hiking and camping and hanging out um so yeah all the outdoor gear um was the number one seller and the second biggest seller was clothing um so yeah well i think this the sporting equipment probably has a lot to do with youth sports starting back up after being shut down I drove so, by yeah, yesterday. I saw um, kids on the ball field playing playing baseball and soccer, and thought, "Well, wow, that's amazing." And I didn't yeah. see them with masks on too, which I I don't know if we're gonna end up paying the price for that or not. But they were they were playing soccer with no masks on. Yeah, well, it's um, it's good to start to see some normal life stuff happening again. Yeah, and um, you know, I just. Quick reminder, we we say it on the show periodically, but, you know, back to just the whole idea of stimulating your local economies. And, you know, you have this opportunity here with, with these stimulus checks to to do some spending sprees. But, you know, think about where you're doing it. You know, if you're buying stuff on Amazon, who's that benefiting? If you're buying stuff at your local stores, that, that money is staying in the community. And... Yeah. You know, that's paying wages for the employees that work at that store. And then they're using their wages to go buy things at other stores. So, you know, the, the dollar just recycles a lot more when you spend it locally. So just remember that as you're figuring out what to buy and where to spend with your stimulus checks. I think about it a lot with our business through through this and, the you know, the people that we've been able to hire over the last year and these jobs we've created. And it's because we have a lot of loyal local customers and referral partners. And, you know, they, they could do business with some big national entity that's, you know, maybe got great, amazing budget, but, you know, they choose to use us and we have comparable service, comparable rates, if not even better in some of those areas. And then we're able to create local jobs and then our employees can spend their dollars around the communities. And it just, it just, snowballs and it's a it's a great thing yeah no doubt yeah i always try to think about that when there's like the option of you know going to the mom pa shop in your town versus going to the corporate store where even if it is local you know a lot of those corporate stores are piping profits out of the county or out of the state maybe even out of the country, <laughs> but, um, sure. Yeah, yeah, I think about our business, you know, from start to finish, a, someone doing a loan with us, it's being handled by someone in this County with a, you know, that's getting a, a paycheck here in San Luis Obispo County. A lot of the other, you know, mortgage companies that have big names that are national names and stuff, 
they might just have the salesperson here in this county. But then if, if the that. underwriter and the processor and the whoever, they're all they're all in a different state. That's a great point. And that's also true, though, also with the, um, you know, like title and escrow, those big companies don't often use the local jobs. They've either got, you know, some subsidiary they own or they're doing it some other way or not locally. Um, so yeah, you're getting everybody that touches the loan really the whole way through is really someone that lives and works in slow County, um, as opposed to some of the other options where 90% of the people that are going to touch or work on your loan have nothing to do with the County. They're just, Mm -hmm. they're employed elsewhere, but I don't know. I think, you know, it's funny. I, whenever I talk to people about this, they'll say, you know, things like, well, it was with my, it was with my existing bank. And so it was just easier and it's just so not true. And that, that's probably one of the second biggest myths about the mortgage industry that, that is kind of a pet peeve of mine is that people really think that, you know, if you're with whatever servicing company or, you know, whoever that when you go to get a refi that you're going to have an easier time because they already know you and they know you make your mortgage payment on time. But what people really fail to calculate into that um, equation is the fact that we're all making, you know, I, I call it like the three F's of lending. You know, you got Fannie, Freddie and FHA and, we're all making loans to those guidelines and they're the, you don't get to just waive documentation because, Oh wait, no, that's my buddy, Dan. We don't need Dan's tax returns. We like, Hey Dan, you're good. Thank you. Uh, thank you. But he's been paying his bills for a long time. You guys, we don't need to actually follow the rules with Dan. Um, you know, that's not, that's not a reality. And, um, I know that those companies, they rely heavily on that. Um, I was reading a mergers and acquisitions log this morning where they were talking about one of the big banks is buying another big bank in the mortgage world. And they talked a lot about how much retention of their customer base they had. It was at like 50%. And I was thinking about that, that that sales pitch of that call of like, Hey, you should refi. And and here's the reasons why you should stick with me. You know, you don't have to give me your social, um, we're going to make it easy on you. We'll give you an appraisal waiver probably um, instead of digging out a whole bunch of stuff. We only need last year's W2 and a recent paycheck. And it's like, well, that stuff, like that's pretty much true everywhere you go. Um, In fact, I would doubt that that company has your full social. They probably have now only the last, the truncated digits of it. Um, But so, it bugs me a lot when I hear people say, Oh no. Yeah. Hey, like I'll run into someone, you know, wherever. Um, and they're like, Hey, I was thinking about you. Cause I, I refied with my bank a month ago and I just, I was going to call you, but I just did it with them just cause it was just easier. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's cool. You know, put on a smile, whatever. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking it wasn't, it's not easier. It's the same process everywhere you go. And one of the disappointing things about not shopping in that situation is that, um, and I believe this strongly, the captive audience person is like the, the highest likelihood of overpaying. You know, if you don't compare any quotes or go see two different people or at least look around a little bit, um, 
Yeah, it's a savings. When you got a 4% interest rate, a three is a savings, sure. Uh, two and three quarters is a bigger savings. Do you care? Um, you know, I would think most people do, but if you don't even know that and you just fall for the salesmanship of, ah, well, let's give you a good deal because you're our client. We don't want to lose you. Um, those are absolutely the transactions that you should be comparing. Um, I had a handful of loans that I did last year where somebody was basically approached by their bank and said, Hey, you know, we'll give you a great deal on refining and, and they really get started. And then they reach out and say, okay, well, I'm pretty much like committed to going with my bank. They've got me locked in. They've already run my credit and I just want to check with you real quick. And I'm like, wow, the deal you're getting is so terrible. I could give you the same interest rate with a $10,000 credit, or I could lower the interest rate by three eighths of a point. And then what I hear back from the other end of the phone is usually like, man, I, I worried that that was true. And this is a loan officer that did eight loans for me, you know? And so how many other times that I overpay and whatever? And I, I don't know, I can't really answer that, but I can tell you in this transaction, you're not getting a fair shake. And, um, so anyways, I guess that's my public service announcement today is that a second (laughs) opinion is really smart. Um, and I invite any of you guys, um, we don't need to run your credit. If you just had your credit ran, you got your disclosures working and you feel like you're in a good spot, just call and let us just say, oh yeah, that's a good deal. You should stick with it. Or that's not a good deal. And here's why, um, it's, there's a lot of reasons why getting a second opinion on a mortgage is a pretty big deal. Absolutely. Yeah, I know we have a lot of news to cover too. One of the things, as you were rattling off stories and you're kind of reminding me here talking about all the refis, um, is that, you know, we've been watching rates move higher over the last two months or so up until about a couple weeks ago. And now yeah. all of a sudden we're seeing rates move back down. They're, they're starting to nudge their way down below 3% again or knocking on the door they're pretty, pretty close. It's pretty close. Earlier in the week, as um, I know I was talking to you on Wednesday, um, I probably just price out loans a lot more than you do, but I was telling you, I was like, dude, we're getting close to three. And I was thinking that this weekend or this week, like come Friday, I was thinking we might just be calling this the back to the twos episode. Um, (laughs) We're so close to getting interest rate back into the high 2% range for a 30 year, um, which I mean, to me is really exciting. Um, We had, um, oh man, Dan. I just, as I was saying this, I just clicked it. We have one bank right now, the top of the heap. I guess I won't name it for for sake of anonymity here, but um, I punched in a 75% um, loan to value with a you know 740 credit score, owner occupied, and at f- um, a loan amount of 495, and it came up at um, the lowest rate was 2.875, um, which was a 2.927 APR, but under three, no points. So this is, this is the back to the twos episode. <laughs> this is it. I knew it was going to be memorable. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, you know, rates popping up, I think were um, kind of a whipsaw reaction to a lot of things. There was, 
you know, obviously concern with the feds and there was concerned over some um, supplemental leverage ratio stuff. There was concern where Japan was dipping in and selling a lot of bonds into a market where a few of those things were all hitting at the same time. And then also we had this real optimism about, you know, now that we got a bunch of um, people getting vaccinated that we're going to be by summertime, we're going to be like in such a good stride that we just saw money leaving the bond market and, and mortgage interest rates were along for the ride. And I speculated for the last couple of months here that my prediction was the pendulum was going to swing back a little bit and then settle in in this high two range, I think for a little while. Um, so there's a there's a whole bunch of people listening right now that um, were a little late to the party on refiing. And then when you called, we were like, oh, bummer, rates are at three and three eighths for you now. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, probably said, ah, well, let's put it on the back burner and keep an eye on it. Um, and it's moving forward now. So it might be time to start putting that thing on the front burner. And, um, yeah, if you're – I'm glad you brought it up, Dan. And, yeah, for anybody that, um, you know, I – always try to draw this line here. I'd say now we're at the point where, you know, if your interest rate is above probably three and a half, um, then it's probably a good idea to reach out and look into a refi. Um, you know, I, we're still doing some refis. The, the pipeline though, definitely is purchase oriented. I think the other day I counted up, it was, it was almost, um, it was, it was, in fact, a little bit over two for one um, purchase to refinance ratio, where we spent the last um, eighteen months the complete opposite. I mean, what was it eight to eight to one refis to purchases? <laughs> it felt like it, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's probably eighty percent. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty radical difference now to have so many purchase loans and. Um, Man, I know I I feel bad kind of harping on it, but the purchase market is definitely tight, and um, no, it's a it's a competitive competitive market right now for sure. Um, hey, tough market to be a buyer, great market to be an owner. Yeah, but yes, yes. However, great market to be an owner for sure. Um, good market to be a seller if you've got something else We're lined right. up. Um, but pretty like sketchy if you, you know, like it's so limited inventory and so competitive that it's, um, can't be a, it can't be a comforting feeling to think that you're going to sell your house and find a suitable replacement in the same window and move into something that you're really happy about right now. Um, it's a, it's kind of a, um, a dog eat dog market right now in terms of how many buyers are trying to buy each house. I look at it and kind of like, man, I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm just a speculator. This market seems insane. Um, and then at the same time, I feel like it's not going away anytime soon. We're, we're seeing what we've been talking about for so long. We have a true housing crisis with a real lack of inventory. And unfortunately, it's only getting worse. I saw a news article this week about um, a sheet of half-inch plywood. Did you see that, Dan? No. A sheet of half inch plywood started out the year at like $44 a sheet and currently sits at $97 a sheet. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 
Um, and it's really, it's because there's a lot of construction. So there's a lot of demand and now there is supply side challenges on lumber. And, um, unfortunately for people that need to be buying lumber, you're getting swept up in what the supply and demand metric is for lumber. And, you know, I'm kind of bringing that up as that's not good news for affordable housing period. No, that is crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. And we're hearing it about other things too. Um, you know, there's some of which are just COVID related. Like, you know, a lot of auto manufacturers right now are unable to produce. Like they've got they've got stalls on their line um, because they're missing certain components that are just unattainable right now to finish the cars. So there's, there's little things like that going on. But altogether, there's been some uh supply side disruption that's uh causing price problems and um so yeah we got a we got another break to take here and i guess that's a decent segue into when we get back we'll talk to you guys a little bit about the consumer price index and um even producer price index which was the week before but um that's some some stuff to talk about why things are expensive so uh let's go ahead and do this break and then we'll be back here in a minute uh with more mortgage matters stick around It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending in just seconds. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805-772-6. Or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Low and the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. This is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 low and mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. In these 
these times of economic turmoil, it's hard to know where to turn for financial security. At Blakesley & Blakesley, they've been providing solid financial advice for over 30 years. If you'd like a second opinion on your investments or just a financial tune-up, turn to a proven name you know you can trust. Blakesley & Blakesley. For the service you deserve and the advice you trust, come to Blakesley & Blakesley with offices in San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, and Paso Robles. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 low and mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, you guys. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm looking at at two. I I use three monitors actually when I when I'm doing the show here, and I got an article pulled up on each screen, and there it's hard. Um, these these two articles are literally just intertwined with each other over. Um, why the cost of building goods has so dramatically increased. And I'll tell you, the biggest culprit is um, it's covered in this headline here. um, U.S. housing starts are at a 15-year high. And um, the 15-year high hit in March. It's a soaring, um, absolute soaring number of starts. the starts at this point are on pace for a 1.74 million um, units to be built in the year. And that's a staggering number. Um, obviously, um, we, we haven't seen numbers like that in a long time. And given this boom in building, there's now a pinch on the supply side. Um, and so, yeah, you could you go pull up a Google article here and look at um, what's happened to lumber prices. Um, softwood lumber prices are up 112% than they were a year ago at the same time. They went up just 10% in the last week. Um, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. And just looking at the numbers... Um, it, it really, to me, it's another undermining reason why um, home values continue to appreciate is now you look at what goes into building a new house um, where you've got, you know, even plywood is up 90.3% from a year ago. Um, you know, it's just, 
and we've got other you know these are the the softwood and hardwood prices of what goes into homes are just part of something to look at there but also you've got um, you know, different environmental regulations and solar mandates and other things that are making new construction more expensive too, which obviously means that it drives up the price of the existing homes. Um, and of course, all of this fueled by very low interest rates, keeping a lot of buyers at the table um, and bringing a lot of buyers to the table. Um, you know, and also I think a lot of people just deciding to stay put in the house that they're in um, and wanting to do remodeling. If you know a contractor or someone, you know, those guys are extremely busy right now, um, booked out for months and months and months with remodels and add-on work. Yeah, it's a, <clears throat> excuse me. It's, it's just a wild market. I, I keep hearing from people. I have family all over the state. I was talking to my cousin and he lives up in the Oakland area and he was talking just about how wild the market is, the stories of competitive bidding on homes, all cash offers. He kind of keeps up with what his, I mean, he was in a very modest home, 1940s home, you know, just small two bedroom house in actually the Richmond community, a little north of Oakland. And um, just was kind of keeping track and just seeing how much appreciation his home has realized, according to Zillow, according to their Zestimate, um, just over the course of the last year. And and it has everything to do with this demand that we're all seeing. We're all hearing stories about it. Well, and you know, I mean, everybody else that's got a 2.5% 30-year fix now is not going to be eager to race out and sell their house. Um, so it, it keeps existing supply tight too, you know. We're, I think now with the way that, that rates bottomed into that super low range, we're going to see a lot of people that are going to be staying in homes for much longer than um, they probably did going back 20 years where interest rates were in a pretty steady fall for years and years and years. It created the perfect environment to gain a little equity, you know, as the housing um, economy cycles through the ups and downs, gain some equity, make some payments, put in some time, buy a new house, lower interest rate, refi, save some money, pay some more, maybe a shorter loan term, go through another cycle. You've got appreciating values, declining interest rates, rinse and repeat, right? Well, now we're in this new cycle of, um, you know, it, it almost doesn't matter what your house is worth. Your house payment is your house payment and the interest rate is so low, you're going to be there forever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it's, it'll be interesting to see how this all shapes up going forward. But um, there's, there just still is, crazy amount of pressure on housing and upward pressure on on prices and i just don't see that going away anytime soon um i i still can't believe that we're at a place where i mean i'm seeing this as true here in slow county but we're seeing easy 10 percent a year appreciation right now and mm -hmm. um you know this is on top of what is what i don't know where to draw the line if we're at 10 or 11 or 12 years of um, just crazy bull market run in housing. I don't know where you want to start that clock, but wherever it is, even if you say, oh no, this didn't really get going crazy until 2014, fine. We're at, 
<laughs> we're like at year seven or year eight or whatever. It's a it's a long, big run, and it really is defying historical charts about normal housing cycles. And um, it just seems very clear that the factors that are at play right now are very much the cost to build. Um, and then also these low interest rates and then also the lack of building that happened for about a decade when, you know, basically when the credit crunch got so tight, um, construction loans, which by the way, we're only barely just getting comfortable with doing construction loans again when COVID started. And that was one of the very first products to get removed. So, um, there's still not a lot of great available product to somebody that comes in and just says, Hey, I want to, I want to want a loan because I'm going to buy a piece of dirt. I'm going to build a house. You know, if you can find one, um, the financing of it is still pretty tricky. It can be done, but it's, it's take some time and some patience, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a pressure cooker of a program, but, um, yeah, anyway, that's the state of the state in real estate. And, um, you know, I, so Jay, I'm, I'm curious over the years, you've, you've reminded us how many housing, new housing units need to be built just to keep up with population yeah. growth. Do you still have have an idea of what that number is and, and how does this 1.74 million annualized units with the housing starts number, how does that uh, you know look in comparison to what we need? It's not even close and we're running out of time, so I can't give you the in-depth look at it, but the Reader's Digest version here is that for about a decade, um, you know, analysts sort of argue about this, whether you needed 1 million a year or 2 million a year, um, somewhere in between. And for sake of my argument, I always say, okay, well, let's go with 1 million a year. You need to build a million houses a year just to keep up with population growth. Well, we averaged about 300,000 for a decade um, after the financial crisis. So three, 400,000. So, you built three to 4 million and you needed to build at a minimum 10 million. And if you go to the far end of the argument, you needed to build 20 million. Um, you're somewhere missing, you know, at the light side, 6 million at the heavy side, 14 million houses nationally. So now you need to catch up at a pace of probably a million. And now you need one to 2 million um, just to keep up with regular demand, right? So you got that catch up number of maybe a million. If you're going to solve your problem in a decade and you're but even ab even absent of the idea of catching up the number today as great as it is is really just keeping up with population growth is somewhere it's, it's it's somewhere yeah. just shy of two million to be honest i mean yeah. it's it's a it's an alarmingly high number and we fall ridiculously short of it and that's what i mean and this is what fuels the current state of affairs so um yeah in the and supports your argument that it's not going to end anytime soon it's not I mean, and, and unfortunately, we just saw the housing market in, um, you know, in the face of a really, really difficult economy for the last year, the housing market had double digit appreciation. So um, if anything was going to squash it, you would think that crushing your GDP by 30% would do it and it didn't. So 
I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll have no choice but to watch and see how it goes. Um, hey, we're at the tail end of the show here. And so I just want to remind you guys, first of all, um, rates are starting to look really good again. So if you missed the boat on refining in the last go round, um, reach out to us. If you have mortgage insurance that you want to get rid of, um, man, this is, this is the right time with appreciation doing what it's been doing. And if you're just listening to all this and just wishing that you owned a house and want to realize that goal, uh, we're your first step. So come find us. Um, you can, you can call us at 805-543-LOAN, which is 5626, or just go to our website, centralcoastlending.com. Uh, you'll find all kinds of helpful information there, including, um, ways to get a hold of us. So, um, Dan, thanks for being with me today. Everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Mortgage Matters.